was how to shoot somebody who outdrew you. And it's not a cry that you hear at night. It's not somebody who see the light. It's a cold and it's a broken hallelujah. out there no because you don't want it close goodness no. <laughs> yeah we're glad all of you're all here tonight 
and I will get this thing adjusted here in a minute. Um, one announcement that we want to make, remind you all of, um, next Sunday, this coming Sunday night, after church, uh, we'll be having a farewell send-off celebration for Brother Chase and Sister Jill and their family. Uh, finger foods, light snacks, little sandwiches, stuff like that. Chips dip, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So uh, bring what you can, and let's uh, uh, show them our love and give them a good warm send-off and let them know they're much appreciated for the work they have uh, fulfilled here at our church. And they have worked hard. Um, I, uh, take, I have a lot of, <laughs> of respect for that man. <laughs> He can come up with stuff that it's like it'd take me years to think of. I, I think it just comes off the top of his head just so easy. So, But anyway, we want to, want to show our love and appreciation to the, the Lambs. And uh, this Sunday night, so remember that. Um, Brother Rogers is coming Sunday morning. Brother Rogers is coming Sunday morning. Oh. Okay, so we have a new interim pastor, temporary thing until we get things straightened out and sorted out. So come uh, expecting Sunday morning and Sunday night. Uh, I believe the Lord will touch and move in our hearts and lives. So uh, we can begin tonight. I'd like us, we'd like to go to the Lord in prayer. Do you have a need or prayer request that you'd like to mention tonight? We can pray with you about. We'll get those done first thing. Yeah, uh, my wife went to see her sister today, and it was not pleasant today. So um, just remember, Sheila, in your prayers. Um, <clears throat> one thing Faith did say that she was just kind of quietly, I think, praying for her sister. Lord, give her peace and give her peace. And somehow or another, that got through to her sister's mind, and she grabbed her, she grabbed Faith's hand and, and kind of held on, closed her eyes. So... But remember, Sheila, in your prayers, the, the Lord just, uh, he, only he can fix it. Only he can fix it because the doctors are doing what they can do. But, you know, their, their prognosis ain't great, <laughs> to be honest. But uh, they're doing the best they can do. But God can intervene. So let's remember her in our prayers tonight. I have not heard anything about Miss Donna Phelps, so I don't know. I was just going to keep praying for her until we hear otherwise. Okay, well, that's, that's some news. <laughs> She's not have to be on a ventilator or something, so that's, that's good. So, but continue to remember her, remember her family. Um, for people that go through this, uh, Sister Nancy can tell you when people get really sick, like Brother Don did here a while back, you know, it really, it's a stressful time. Uh, so let's remember not only Donna, but remember her family as well. Anyone else? not in our prayers. Amen. Anyone else? Okay. Yes. Pray that the Lord will open up that door. I'm hoping it'll be like that sermon I preached here a while back. Suddenly. <laughs> yes. But yeah, exactly. It has to be what he, the Lord wants. It's, if it's not his choice, it, it, it won't work. It just won't work, you know, and um, go looking back at Israel and see when they didn't do God's choice, they got him in trouble in a hurry. So we don't want to do that. All right. So let's remember this. Anyone else, real quickly? All right. Those who will can stand. Let's go to the Lord in prayer.
take this time together to the Lord and just in these needs tonight as we've heard them. Don't forget those that are on the prayer list as well. Father God, as we come before you this evening, we thank you, Lord God, for your goodness and your mercy to us. We thank you, Father God, for the privilege and opportunity we have to be in your house tonight. We thank you, Lord, because that we know that you're God and that all things are possible, Lord, with you, that there is nothing impossible with you and all things are possible to those that believe because that's your word, Father. We thank you, Lord God, that you are on your throne. We thank you, Father God, that you are in our midst, working for us and working in us and through us, Father God. And Lord, we just ask you to continue to move by your presence of your spirit, continue to touch hearts and touch lives. And Father, we pray, Lord, for these needs tonight. Lord, continue, Lord, to keep your hand on and lay your hand on Sheila tonight, Lord, and just minister to her spirit, soul, and body, Father and just minister to her in a mighty way. Lord, touch Sister Donna tonight, Father God. Lord, we're asking you, Lord, right now to reach down in her room. Holy Spirit, ask you just to fill her room right now where she's at with your holy presence, that your peace, that your joy, that your contentment, Lord, will just overshadow her and flood her heart and her life, Lord God, that she will feel your presence, Lord, and that you will just be, that the healing power of God will be made manifest in her heart and her life, and Lord, that you will touch her and lift her up, Lord, and undo what damage has been done, Father, from this stroke, and undo that and heal her, Lord, from the top of her head to the soles of her feet, Father, in Jesus' name we pray. Father, we pray for our pulpit search committee, Lord God. Give them wisdom, give them understanding, Lord God, and may you just help them to know, Lord God, when you, uh, when there, when that one, your choice, it becomes apparent and becomes real, Lord, that they'll know that they know that they know. And Lord God, that you will cause us, Lord, to understand and, and, and to know ourselves. And that, Father God, we'll see, Lord, ourselves being able to to rise up, Lord God, and, and to, to con and begin to be the church that you've called us to be. Father God, guide and direct, Lord, every name on our prayer list. Lord, Father, touch them, heal, deliver, uh, provide, just do whatever needs to be done in every heart in life. Lord, touch and, and restore families, restore relationships. Father God, minister in every heart and every life, we pray, Lord. And for all of these things, Father, we just thank give you the praise. And Father, I ask, Lord, that you guide and direct us in, in, the, in our worship together and in the study of your word, that, Father God, we will be challenged, but we'll be stirred and motivated to be everything that you've called us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. And for your glory, God, we ask it. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to let you sing out of the hymn book tonight. Uh, let me find the first one. Had them marked somewhere. And yes, I lost it. Oh, no, that was the right one. <laughs> Number 161. I think this is a good one to start with for us. Standing on the promises. Amen. We have his promises. We can stand on them. All right. We'll probably sing the first three in the last verse. Um, Heard somebody say one time, I'd hate to be the fourth verse in a five-verse song because they usually get left out a lot. <laughs> but we're going to do that, okay? All right, standing on the promises, standing on the promises of Christ my King. Through eternal ages let His praises sing. Glory in the highest I will shout and sing. Standing on the promises of God. Standing, standing, standing on the promises of God, my Savior. Standing, standing, I'm standing on the promises of God. Standing on the promises that cannot fail when the howling storms of doubt and fear assail. By the living word of God I shall prevail, standing on the promises of God. Standing, standing, standing on the promises of God my Savior. 
standing, standing. I'm standing on the promises of God. Standing on the promises I now can see. Perfect present cleansing in the blood for me. Standing in the liberty where Christ makes free. Standing on the promises of God. Standing, standing. Standing on the promises of God my Savior. Standing, standing. I'm standing on the promises of God. Standing on the promises I cannot fall. Listening every moment to the Spirit's call. Resting in my Savior as my all in all. Standing on the promises of God. I'm standing, standing. Standing on the promises of God my Savior. Standing, standing. I'm standing on the promises of God. Amen. I, I like that last verse. Standing on the promises I cannot fall. Listening every moment to the Spirit's call. Resting in my Savior is my all in all. I'm standing on the promises of God. Amen. It's a, it's a promise. It, they are real. Um, in, in our Sunday morning uh, Sunday school class, I've been going through the book of Hebrews, and it, the writer's talking about in that sixth chapter, the promise and the oath of God are something we can put our faith and our trust in because God cannot lie. And if he makes a promise, and if he makes an oath by himself, it will be done. Amen. You know why? Because there's power in the blood. Number 173. I was, that one was got in my heart on, on the way over here this afternoon. And I was going, that's a good one. So both of these go together. Amen. <clears throat> Give me a second here. <clears throat> Would you be free from the burden of sin? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you or evil a victory win? There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Would you be free from your passion and pride? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Come for a cleansing to Calvary's tide. There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Would you be whiter, much whiter than snow? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Sin stains are lost in its life-giving flow. There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Would you do service for Jesus your King? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you live daily his praises to sing? There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, 
wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Amen. That, that chorus comes to mind. Oh, the blood of Jesus. 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 It washes white as snow. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. It washes white as snow. Father, we thank you for the blood. We thank you, Lord God, for the promises that you have given because your promises are yes and amen. Thank you, Father God, because of the blood that was shed on Calvary. We have redemption through Jesus Christ because of the blood. We are able to walk in righteousness. We are able to walk holy and acceptable before you, our God, because we have been washed in the blood of the Lamb. We thank you, Father God, that it is the blood, Lord God, that we can overcome the, the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. We love not our life unto death. Father, thank you, Lord, for your goodness to us. Thank you for your presence in this place tonight. Touch every heart and touch every life, I pray, Father, that may your will be done in us and for us and through us that we may live for the praise and the honor and the glory of the God we serve. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. You may be seated this evening. <coughs> uh, maybe. <laughs> Might not hurt. Not so much that my throat gets dry. It's just get all them little things that want to go up and don't want to go up and don't want to go down either. Y'all don't have that problem at all, do you? <laughs> oh, goodness. Thank you. Here, you want to hold this thing for me? If I lay it down, it's going to make a lot of racket. <coughs> It's not like I'm getting older or anything. I will admit, I'm getting older. I'm just not old yet. I'm fighting it every step of the way. <laughs> yes, it is. It's a good fight. Uh, we appreciate you guys being here tonight. And uh, just want to speak to you for a few moments on a verse of Scripture. It... Uh, it actually didn't wind up, it wasn't one of the scriptures, I do the U version, and they give you a scripture every day. Well, I, I kind of go a little bit, and I'm not bragging, I just, this is what I felt like I ought to do. I just read the whole chapter. <laughs> and one of the uh, verses of scripture this week, I think Tuesday, I think it was, maybe it's Monday, I don't remember. But it was out of Romans chapter 12, and I just began to, to read for it may have been this verse but I just read the whole um, the whole chapter I just I feel like it just helps my day go by I, I started doing that you know I, I haven't been real faithful at seven I'll just be honest with you I hadn't been real faithful at it you know I'd get up and it's like you know out of bed and it's like it seemed like it I couldn't get out uh, on the road in time to almost keep from having speed to get to work so anyway, I started doing this and, and just, you know, for me, but first thing I do after that alarm, that phone go, that alarm and that phone goes off, I turn it on and the first thing I do is I hit 
my version Bible app and pull up that verse and read that chapter. And you know, I can find myself getting leaving the house when I really wanted to. <laughs> it, it doesn't. It seems like when you when you let the Lord start yeah. your day, yeah. He helps you with those things. Yeah. And, and I, I cannot I cannot tell you how He does it. I don't know how He does it because I'm not the fastest thing in the planet. <laughs> First thing in the morning, I'm just not a. You know, when I my wife, bless her heart. She can get up and she is bouncing off the walls from the minute she gets out of the bed. It's like, okay, hush and give me time enough to kind of wake up and figure out where I'm at and what I'm doing, you know. Y'all don't have those problems. <laughs> but, and, and, you know, people that are morning people that are like that, it's like my hat's off to them, but I ain't one of them. When uh, I was younger, my mother and I, before I was married, Ever married my mother and I, we lived out east of Oklahoma City, but we drove to work together. When we drove one car, and I usually drove, and she sat. It was unusual if we said more than four words to each other first thing in the morning. And it was a 30 to 45-minute drive. Yeah, my, my wife would go bananas. I'm telling, I'm telling some private things. Now hers is, I can tell when she's home and when I get home, I know what to look. I can hear the, stair, the, the, the computer. She's got worship music going and she has got that sound system turned up as high as it will go. Uh, excuse me? I've gone in there and snuck in there where she was in another part of the bedroom and I turned that thing down and, and then she realizes I'm home. And she just, she likes stuff like that. I can drive all day without anything going on. It's just drives Huh? Well, it does for her. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, the Lord's good to us. But anyway, that just give you a little insight into something that hopefully will help somebody. We're all different, aren't we? And we, we react to things differently. And sometimes, as the French used to say, the viva la différence. All right, Romans chapter 12. And I want to read, start at verse 9. Uh, just real quickly, so you know, this is the one where Paul says, um, uh, he says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, in King James Version. And so this is a lot of that chapter. But chap verse 9, to me, really sticks out. And I, to, for me and for us, here tonight, I think I'm just going to talk to us. That, that, that's all I'm talking to as far as I know. But I, I want us to look at this because I know sometimes we get frustrated. We wonder, Lord, what's going on? What, what, do, we, what, what do we do? And I think one of the things that we need to ask ourselves in, 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 in what we do is, Lord, what do you want me to do? What can I do? And how can I help? And how can I be a blessing? And how can I, I help my church and, and help those around me? So let, let us, I think it's important that we always ask that question. But he says, and I'm going to read this from, I think this is the ESV version. Don't just pretend to love others. Now sometimes that's, you get to where you know people. Some of them are hard to love. May I plug this real quick. I preached a sermon one time that the Bible says God never uses the word and you will not find the word unlovable in the Bible. I had a preacher I had, I had preached somewhere and I, I guess I had gone back it was at church my mother went to, and he heard that, and he, and sometime later I was there, and he said, you know, he said that, and I'm going, no, no, I know it's in there. He said, I looked, and I looked, and I looked, and I never could find it. God never uses the word unlovable. He does use the word unlovely, but he never uses the word unlovable. He didn't say they weren't hard to love. 
He didn't say we might not need to have a whole lot of prayer to love them like we're supposed to. But he never calls anybody unlovable. And if, you know, if people could, I think about there's a, a young lady, and I won't call her name. She's a good friend of my daughter's, youngest daughter. And I, I really love this girl. She's just kind of like my third daughter. <laughs> but things have happened in her life to the place that she has a very difficult time of accepting herself, of having any kind of esteem about her life. And, and it, it, there's times that I wish there's some way that I could convey to her, you are not unlovable. There's nobody unlovable. They're un they may be ungodly. They may be wicked as sin itself. But they're not unlovable. The Bible says that we are, those that are in sin, we are to try to reach out to them and pull them out. Not, not embracing, not condoning the sin, but loving their soul. Because if they don't get right with God, they will spend an eternity without him. And I really think part of, uh, of Jesus on the cross when he said, and I'm all, to me, in my mind's eye, when Jesus spoke those words, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I, I wonder if it wasn't almost a scream of terror. Jesus had never known what it was like to be away from God. He had never known what it was like to be separated from God. And when God on that moment had to withdraw his presence from Jesus, people don't realize hell is a bad place to start with. But they do not realize how terrifying it is to not ever know or feel the presence of God. You know, the, the world around us doesn't realize what the presence of God means. Even in, in this day and age, I mean, you know, if they, if they even had some kind of inkling, they wouldn't be as wicked as they are. They don't have a clue. But yet when God withdraws his presence totally, it would be, Brother Don, it, it would be horrible. David said, Father, he said, Lord, don't, how did he put it? I was on tip my tongue and I lost it. But he said, Lord, do not take your spirit away from me, as I think is how he put it. Because David realized it was a terrible thing to know that God was not right there. Did David mess up? Yes, he messed up. He, he had a man killed. He, in essence, he murdered a man. He had a, an affair that he shouldn't have. Should have been out fighting with out the battle like the rest of the kings, but no, he stayed home and got himself in trouble. But he knew the thing that he realized was God loved him. The thing that we need to realize, all of the people we see, and, and there's even those people up in Washington, God loves them. Lord, please get a hold of them, but he still loves them. I would, I'm, I'll be honest with you, I don't watch the news anymore because I get mad. It just irritates me to my very core. Some of the stupid stuff they come up with has no good sense whatsoever. Oh, we think it's wonderful. Yeah, well, you must be in a cave somewhere. And there's times that I, you know, the Bible says don't lay hands suddenly on anybody. There's times that I really have to fight that desire to just want to go up there and smack somebody and wake them up. But we can, there is something we can do. We can still love them. If there's any one thing the world needs, Paul says, don't just pretend to love you can fake it. You can, there are people that will, I'm gonna get in trouble. There are people that will talk nice to your face and make you think you're the biggest, best thing on the planet and turn right around and talk to somebody else and tell them just how sorry you are. That's not love. 
Never has been and it never will be. And it should not, unfortunately it does, but it should not even, it should not even have the thought of that happening in the church, but it does. We need to be careful. If I tell Sister Carol I love her, I better love her for who she is, for who God made her. I need to appreciate her talent. She doesn't do the same kind of stuff I do. She doesn't have my personality. And everybody said, thank you, Lord. <laughs> you know, I, I jokingly take, but I, I, I do like to have fun. And I, am, I can be an honorary person, and I know it. And I enjoy it. Okay? I'll just be honest with you. I just enjoy it. I don't, it's not mean. I'm just honorary. You know, I don't mean to hurt anybody's feelings. But I need to love. I need to show love. And it needs to be genuine. One of the, the translations of this first phrase says, don't let your love be hypocritical. Don't let your love be hypocritical. If we are truly the children of God, if we are truly who God will call us to be, if we're truly who God wants us to be, then we cannot be hypocritical. We cannot say we love and then turn around and knock them, or knock them down. I don't have to like what they're doing. I don't have to approve of what they're doing. I don't have to condone what they're doing. But the thing about it is, they need to know that God loves them. And the only way, church, that people are going to know that God loves them is through you and me. Now, he did say, they shall know that by this shall all men know you're my disciples because you have loved one for another. But the thing about it is, if we are truly to be the children of God, it will be one of the characteristics of being a child of God is that we love those who are unlovely. Those who are ungodly. We can't be like a monk. And, and, and I'm not going to fault them for that. But those people that cloister themselves off away from the world, how are you ever going to touch the world that God sent you to? We sit on a very busy highway. What's the reason for that? Why are most churches quite visible? Because we want to touch people, and not just assemblies of God, but churches all over. Hopefully, I, you know, I, I met when I was pastoring in Hilton. I, 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 I got a revelation of sorts. We had ministerial alliance in Hilton. And every, what's it, once a month, we get together and we talk about what we were doing. And, and we had a, a benevolence fund that we had took care of and, and different things like this. But we would get to talking about what God was telling us. You know what's funny? I heard a Baptist minister say, you know, the Lord told me to preach this. And I'd hear the Methodist minister. And it's like these men were not. And I was the, the PH preacher there. I wasn't the same God preacher. I was the Pentecost Holiness preacher there in, in Hilton. But it was, I, the Lord was talking to them. But Lord, they don't speak in tongues. And I'm sure God's going, and your point? <laughs> we can hear God if we want to. Yes. Yes. We can hear God speak to our hearts if we really want to. Yes. Yes. Moving on. It says, don't pretend to love others. Really love them. Do good to them. Even when they are stinkers. Be good to them. Show them the love of God. What do we know about God's love? For God so loved the world that he gave. And you could stop right there and that will preach. Now we know he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. But do we love the world so much that we give our time, our concern, our advice, hopefully scriptural when they think when we think they need it, and when the Lord tells us to. Hate what is wrong. I can hate. 
Because why? Why do we hate what's wrong? Because we know that that which God declares to be sin will kill, steal, and destroy. Why do we, why do we preach about a hell? Why? Because it exists and because the last place we want anybody to go is to hell. It is the most horrific place in all of God's creation. But it shouldn't be just because we want them not to go to hell. We want them to know the love of God. We want them to taste and see that the Lord is good. We want them to experience the salvation that we have. We want them to experience what we know in our hearts and life that God's done for us. And I know I say this a lot, but I really have, you know, this is something I guess I grew up watching. People acting like, oh, I need to be this great orator that can speak great words and just sound so wonderful. I'm sorry, God doesn't really care about how well you can talk. He chose Moses, didn't he? You remember the argument Moses had with him? I can't talk well. I don't know if he stuttered. I don't know what the problem was. And what did God tell him? Moses, who do you think made your mouth? If God can make a donkey talk, I will leave that right there. He did. He made a donkey talk. Stop some guy from getting in deep trouble. God can do anything. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. What do we know is good? God is good. Hold tightly to him. Cling to him. All the time. Every day. When you get up in the morning, Lord, I need you today. Again. He goes, I know it. <laughs> he understands that. He made us that way. Why did Paul say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me? Because Paul knew that was the only way he was ever going to have any kind of impact or live any kind of successful Christian life. And when I say successful, I'm not talking about money and, and, and prestige and, and social stand. I'm talking about a child, that, a child, a, a faith and a life that pleases God. That church is a successful life. To hear Jesus and to hear God say to us the same, same thing that God said to Jesus, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Yes. Listen to him. Yes. Yes. What does the Bible talk about? It said there will come that day when he, we will stand before him and he will say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joys of your Lord. That's what I'm working for. That's what I'm working for. That's what I'm living for God for. I want to hear him say, you did good. I want to be able to look at him with confidence, knowing that when I see him face to face, he'll go, Alan, good to see you. Good to see you too, sir. It will mean everything. It'll always mean everything. So he says, cling tightly. You, might, you remember, it's been years ago. But this thought, this little picture came to mind about a little kitten at the end of a rope and he's got his claws. <coughs> I mean, they are, I'm sure, buried deep in that rope. We need to hold to God the very same way. The rope won't break, but you know, we may feel like we're fixing to fall and we may feel like we're dangling. Just hold on. Grab it tighter. Here again he says, verse 10, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Well, that one, take that one and preach for a while. 
What was it? He was talking to the church. And I wonder if there weren't things going on that was contrary to what Paul was telling them. Take delight in honoring others. Take delight in honoring Mr. Don Heilman. He'll look at you and say, but what am I? You're God's child. You have talents. You have abilities that God has given you that I don't have. Of each one of us sitting in this room today, God has blessed us and given us different ways of, of dealing with people. God has given us different interests. Not everybody is interested in watching trains go by and will stop and watch one go by, but I will. You guys know, Parker's probably just as bad, isn't he? I, I, don't ask me why. I couldn't tell you no more whining in the man in the moon. I just enjoy the fact of watching mechanical machines that will haul a mile and a half long train that if it's loaded, each car weighs nearly 100 tons and there's 120 cars and there's five locomotives pulling that 120 cars uphill. Not fast sometimes because sometimes steep hills cause that problem. That gravity keeps them pulling back. But it's amazing to me that they can build stuff that can do that and it stays on them tracks most of the time. You know. But not everybody has that, but there are people that do, that just enjoy. I enjoy watching steam locomotives. To me, those, those are almost the closest thing to mechanical life that there is. They breathe, they, they're just, they're magnificent to me, okay? Some people like horses. Some people like mules. But Jeff and Sister April, Brother Jeff loves mules. Why in the world do you love mules? I guarantee you he would have reasons why you need to love a mule. But we're different. But yet I can honor you because you're different. I can honor you because you are a child of God. I can honor you because you belong to him and I belong to him. And God is taking all of our different little uh, idiosyncrasies and all of our different little traits and our characteristics and puts them together and makes a church. that loves, that shows love, that is nice to people. Do you know in this world in which we live, probably one of the best things we can do is just simply be nice to somebody. Because you have no idea what they're going through. Now sometimes nice, I thought about this, I've got a guy I work with if anybody's on here and I am, he is. And I always, I'm giving him a hard time all the time about stuff he does, and he's always giving it back. But the thing about it is, he knows he can tease me and get by with it. He worked, we worked, he worked for him longer than I did. A bad man. Just leave it right there. And I thought, Brian, I don't know how in the world you can be so honorary. And then I think, you had to put up with that guy for 11 years. I was getting sick of it at six and a half. I was, I was done. My wife will tell you, I, was, I would have retired last October if he had still been there. I mean, I already had the day, didn't, I had the day that I, my last day was going to be, and I was going to check it out, and I was going to go draw my little Social Security check and figure out what to do from then. God intervened. Boss left early, and I got a good one. So I'm still there. Still digging graves. Still taking care of a cemetery, trying to make it look nice. But he says, take delight in honoring each other. 
Do you know, I want, I want, I, I'm just rambling maybe a little bit. How many church fights and splits could have been saved had people took that to heart? Yeah. You, this is my opinion. I'm not going to call it gospel. I'm going to say scriptural. My opinion is most church splits have occurred because somebody wanted their way and they were going to have their way or else. You want to split a church? That's the quickest way I know of to do it. They didn't honor somebody else's opinion. They didn't honor somebody else's desire. And it can go deeper than that. They probably didn't honor God's desire. And that, my friends, is serious ground to walk on. Now, I know I'm preaching to the choir on that one, but still, it needs to be said. Verse 11 Never be lazy. Really, Lord? There are times I get up on Saturday and it's like, hold up my face, what are we going to do today? <laughs> Nothing if I can get by with it. <laughs> I, you know, I, I'm just honest. I mean, what you see is what you get, guys. But there's times I'm that way. Fortunately, sometimes, especially if it's one of those days, it's kind of yucky and dreary and uh, and we got the stove roaring. Well, not roaring because it gets really hot in our house if it's roaring. And we got the stove going and it's, yeah. Now we just sit here and watch the fire burn. Why not? <laughs> but he's, when he's talking about never be lazy, don't be continuously. You know what? God give us the ability. The Bible says God labored six days and on the seventh day God rested. Did God need to rest? No, he doesn't. He doesn't. There's nothing that saps his energy like ours. You get sick, your energies. You just don't have, you. when you're ill, your body just is working in overtime to try to fight what it's, you know, what it's ill of and so you don't, you don't have that get up and go. But I think probably, I suspect Paul was talking, he was talking to those that didn't do a thing. He said, don't ever be lazy. The Bible says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it as unto the Lord. And there's always something. Nobody may ever see it. Well, what if nobody sees what I did? Who cares? God saw it. If all you're doing, I'm preaching hard for some reason. Because I thought about what Jesus said. If you do your alms in front of people to get their praise and you get their praise, that's all you get. Do your alms in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. We need a church house here full tonight, don't we? Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. You know what? In these few verses, Paul said a mouthful. I have a feeling there were those in Paul's day that it's a... Who are you know? Where do you go to church? Well, I go to Long Grove Assembly of God, you know. You're like, really? I mean, you would, I'll say it. You would look at them and you think, you know, I bet if they smiled, their face would break in 4,000 pieces. <laughs> Enthusiastically is not with a sour face. No. You want a good example of enthusiasm? Go watch a three-year-old play. No, no, you know, back and forth, back and forth, just full tilt until they flat run out of steam and then they crash and go back to sleep and what, uh, 30 minutes later, they're up and going again. Yeah. That's enthusiasm. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think the Super Bowl's over. How many people, not in the stands last Sunday, but all across this United States and probably around the world, were sitting there screaming and hollering and making the biggest bunch of noise for their team. Yep. Honey, I'm sorry, it's just a ball game. It will have nothing to do as far as eternity is concerned who won the Super Bowl or who won the national championship or who won the World Series or whatever other big games they've got. It won't matter. We as God's children need to serve him just as enthusiastically as they do. Where do you get your joy from? I get my joy from Jesus. I am blessed and highly favored of the Lord. <laughs> Does always, do things always go like she wants them to? No. But she's still blessed and highly favored of the Lord. Why? Because God said so. Enthusiastically. Serve the Lord enthusiastically. I'm not saying you have to be just totally goofy about it, but hey, if it works. Enthusiasm. Where does that come from? It comes from joy in here. If you don't have it in here, you're not going to show it through your face. Can I say that again? If you ain't got it in here, I'm going to use Oklahoma English. If you ain't got it in here, you ain't going to show up here on your face. And you are t preaching something to somebody. I don't care who you are. I do care. doesn't matter who you are. Let me rephrase that. Verse 12, rejoice in our confident hope. What's our hope? Jesus is Savior and Lord. God is Father and Lord God Almighty, and we are his children. I am a child of God. I am a saint always act saintly, but I am one anyway. And so are you if you're a born again child of God. That's right. Amen. Why? Because God says I am. That's right. I am gloriously and wondrously made. Yes. I am made in the image of God. Yes. I am part of a royal generation. I am part of a priestly generation. Yes. I am a peculiar person. Yep. And then everybody says, and how, brother? <laughs> no, peculiar, why? Because we like those people that they talked about in the book of Acts. These people turned the world upside down. No, they didn't. They turned it right side up. When you're looking, with your, when you're standing on your head, everything looks upside down. Yeah. I don't know if this is going out of Facebook or not, but I think this woke bunch is looking at the world standing on their head. <laughs> there, I said it. Why? because I know what God's word says and God's word completely contradicts their little theories and their little doctrines. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. <laughs> That's what I thought, Miss Carol. Mm. 
Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. One of these days when I don't have anything else to do, I know. I would like to go through the New Testament especially and see how many times does pray without ceasing, keep on praying, that theme, how many times is that repeated in the New Testament? I have a feeling there's a bunch of them in there. There may be people that have studied that. I don't know, but it's possible. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. I got to work on that one. My idea of of the perfect house is 20 heavily wooded acres in my house right slap dab in the middle hmm? no because if they make it through the 20 acres to the house then you know they've, they've done something I might say hi to them. my wife says you know she and I we have different opinions but he did say we need to be hospitable we need to be loving. We need to be caring. Hospitality doesn't always necessarily mean bringing them into your house, but it does mean seeing a need and meeting that need. Yeah. And I don't have to tell anybody whether I did it or not. Oh, that's right. Amen. That person may need to know that somebody cared enough to say, hey, you don't have to see me. You don't have to understand, know who I am. Who I am in this world, me personally, I do not make a difference because of who I am. Now, I can make and I should make a difference because of whose I am. But thankfully, it's not dependent on me. If God touches somebody through our lives, it's not us, it's God. It's always going to be him. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Help us, Lord, to look at this more closely and be encouraged to realize, Lord, that the Apostle Paul was writing to people from a long time ago. But his words are just as real and just as relevant as if He wrote them yesterday. Lord, he said of himself, I am what I am by the grace of God. And that's what we are tonight, Father. We're different. We've got different personalities. We've got different characteristics. We've got different nature traits. But you've made us. And you are making us into a body. You're the head, Jesus. Your word declares you're the head, but we're the body. We're parts, many parts put together. Lord, when we look at the human body, how many parts there are from starting from our toes all the way to the top of our head, organs and, and, and tissue and, and ligaments and, and cartilage and all kinds of things that make up the human body, but it becomes a body. Thank you, Lord, that we're part of your body. Thank you, Lord, that you love us so much. Help us, Father, to look at these verses, and especially where it says love genuinely. Don't love hypocritically. Don't let it be nice to people's face and turn around behind their back and and run a knife through them with the words that we speak. Father God, help us to be the people you've called us to be. Help us, Father God, to keep on keeping on. Be patient in trouble, you said. The Apostle Paul wrote it, and keep on praying. God, you always answer the prayers of your children when we pray in faith believing. Father, I pray, Lord, that you will help us just to continue living life for your honor, for your glory, and for your praise, and that our life 
will touch other people's lives that need to know that Jesus is Savior and He is Lord. Father, I pray, Lord, for anyone that doesn't know Jesus. The things that the apostle wrote here in the 12th chapter of the book of Romans are accomplished only by and with and through you, Jesus. The only way we can accomplish these, these things set before us is through you. Paul would also write Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I pray, Father, for those that don't know you, that they'll just call upon the name of Jesus and say, Jesus, come into my life and help me to live for you. Help me to realize, Lord, that an eternity without you is not life, but your word literally calls it sick at death because we'll be eternally separated from you never to feel your presence again. Father God, help us and guide and direct us. May your will be done in us, for us, and through us that you may receive all the honor and the glory and the praise. In Jesus' name, and all of God's people said, amen. Thank you, guys. Don't forget. Also, I don't know how many of you Sister Kim got to before I forget. Um, those, bring, in a, bring a card or something. But in that card, Sister Kim wanted us to put something about Jill and, and, and Jason that kind of stood out to you, memories of them, and put those in those cards, and we'll give them to them as well. Just give them a whole big big deal to take with them, take it home with them when they leave and they can go through and read all the things, how they touched our lives as well as the lives of our kids. So don't forget that too. And be sure and join us Sunday morning. Be in prayer about it, okay? God bless you all.